welcome back to another episode of Whatever Laura Wants, a podcast hosted by me, Laura Minert. How is it going? I am very excited to chat today just because it's full of a lot of random bullshit gossip as usual. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the incredibly swirling rumor mill around Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari and their friend Madison LaCroix. Is that her last name? Yes. So I want to first start out. I think I talked about this previously. Maybe my first episode, it was right after Jay and Kristen had announced their divorce. Jay had supposedly wasn't running his own Instagram. Kristen was doing it for him, but they got divorced however long ago. And then over the weekend, they both posted the same photo with the same caption. And that caption is, the world is full of users. 10 years. Can't break that. It was the same same photo, same caption, a photo of them hanging out together. And supposedly, this was all in retaliation to Madison from Southern Charm. So Madison from Southern Charm, supposedly she had posted an Instagram live and I didn't watch the Instagram live. I'm not really sure what all was said, but basically people thought she was bashing Kristen and Jay and their parenting styles. And so this photo that both Kristen and Jay posted was a response. And then of course everyone was like, are they getting back together? And then Kristen's BFF Justin posted something about there's calmness in Nashville. Love you guys. So everyone is thinking they're getting back together. I... Knowing nothing, obviously, would assume they're not getting back together. They have also remained quiet after the all other backlash from it. Because then Madison, of course, saw this and is like, well, get ready, bitches. Guess I'm going to come in hot with the receipts. So she takes to her Instagram and she posts some things of Jay and hers texting conversations. And supposedly... Jay came to visit Madison and they she went on Watch What Happened Live and they asked her if she and Jay had a relationship and she said she doesn't kiss and tell. And this is coming hot off the heels of not too long ago, Kristen was hanging out with Austin, also from Southern Charm, and Madison's ex-boyfriend. And there were rumors about that being a whole thing. Basically, all these reality stars just getting very intertwined. But Madison was like... I'm not here to play. You're going to think that I said all this stuff. I'm going to bring the receipts in hot. And the one she posted was supposedly a conversation that she and Jay have. And basically says, she's like, Jay, I've done nothing but respect you and your privacy. I respect you and I respect your family. I would never say anything to jeopardize you and your family. And Jay said, didn't seem like that was the case. Maybe it was accidental. I don't know. No one wants this mess. I appreciate you saying that. I think we can all respect each other moving forward at the very least. Madison, I am disgusted by this whole situation. You reached out to me. Your intentions may not have been pure, but that might be you projecting. I've never said anything about Kristen, nor would I. I came into this honestly with good intentions. I want no part of being involved in any payback or drama, but you initiated and pursued. If you weren't interested in something real, you shouldn't have met up with me, I think is what it says. She kind of blocked it out. So then, of course, somebody reached out to Justin again, and they're like, can you react to this? And he's like, I'm just going to defend my best friend, Kristen. 
That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to actually get involved in this. Madison followed hers up with a picture of from her and Jay, and it said, the caption was, too bad it didn't work out. And then she's been posting all these other thirst traps of her, saying things like blocked and some stuff like not, no one cares about the haters. I guess Madison also had commented on the post, the initial post from Kristen and Jay, saying, I told you this would all work out. So then she kind of was like, well, I guess I'm going to do this. And then Justin, of course, responds again, saying it's really immature of her to reveal text messages between two consenting adults. And I just, I'm very intrigued to see where all of this unfolds. I've always been a Jay stan. I used to be a Kristen stan. Not that I'm not anymore, but I feel like things got fishy with the divorce when her starting to say that he wasn't being a good dad. Not that TV shows everything, obviously, but like... He was a stay-at-home dad, and are you upset that he was taking care of your children? I don't really understand. But now you're divorced, so you can both do whatever you want. I don't know. Like I said, all very, very allegedly. And the Madison and Austin thing, I feel like those two have been going back and forth being petty with some stuff. I am one episode behind on Southern Charm for this season, and Madison was coming in hot AF at the last little party wearing this hot little swimsuit to try to trot in front of Austin. Not that she wants to get back together with him, but you know, never hurts to rub it in your ex's face, how good you look. But then they've had some back and forth on Instagram too. Long story short, everything is very, very messy. I'm here for it. Not a lot going on. So I'm just going to live vicariously through these reality stars and all of their drama, drama, drama. Which also brings me full circle to my next point being, if Madison would not have kept those text messages, think of where we'd be in all this. And I have a friend, and I took a survey on Instagram, which if you're not following whatever Laura wants on Instagram, you didn't get to participate in this great poll that I took, of do you delete your text messages and your text conversations from your phone? I have a very good friend who I will not call out by name, but she knows who she is. And she deletes her text messages almost every day. She will go in and delete entire conversations. When I found this out, I was mind blown. I was like, this is a serial killer move. Like, I have never heard of this. I don't think I've ever deleted a text message. Like, unless it was some, you know, an automated thing that came through that, or, you know, someone you've cut out of your life that's completely different. I am talking about this girl <laughs> deletes texts that she gets, like, from people she talks to all the time. How this came up in the first place is we were looking up. She wanted to, We were doing a Secret Santa back at Christmas, and she asked for everyone to throw their addresses back in the group text. And we're like, didn't you save it? No. Well, why don't you go back and search for it because they're all there. And then we had to teach her how to use the search function on the iPhone. And I'm like, again, I've only had my iPhone for like, what, three years because I was late to the game. And personally, I didn't really care if I had an iPhone. I was a dedicated Android user forever. So come at me, haters. But this girl's had an iPhone forever, never used the search function. And I'm like, well, I guess I wouldn't either if I deleted every single text I ever had. So I didn't have anything to search for. So we teach her how to use the search function. And then it comes up. She was like, oh, yeah, I just delete. I'm like, why would you do it? And apparently now she says she does keep our group conversations, but most other texts she just deletes every day. 
And my legit reaction was, again, this is a serial killer move. Like, I don't know. I just don't have time in my life to go at the end of every day and be like, okay, I'm done with this conversation, done with this conversation. The amount of times that I've also wanted to go back and look for things that I've needed or thought I've needed, even legit as much as like, did someone move and I need their address for something? Did we talk about something? That's how it came up again is we were talking about a premiere date for a TV show. And I was like, bitch, I've already told you the date of this. And I looked it up because I keep my shit. And in December, we talked about this in the group chat. And I was like, this is why you keep things. Maybe I'm just petty and I wanted a good way to prove my own point. But like, this is why you keep receipts and you don't delete your text conversations. But I did my little survey on Instagram and I'm not alone. So my dear friend, you are the minority in this. Of the, I think, 70 people replied, which thank you. I appreciate you all. 84% of you said that you do not delete your text conversations, as you should. But then I get a little concerned because the next question is, deleting whole conversations makes you a psycho, right? Only 60% of you think that this is serial killer vibes like I think it is. 40%. Totes normal. Completely normal. I'm not saying there aren't occasions when you can definitely delete conversations. However, I'm just saying, as a whole, I think it is insane to take the time. And maybe you need something someday. Maybe a Madison J. Kristen situation is going to come your way. God, I wish. Please let me know. And you're going to need to find something in your text. That's all I'm saying. Maybe you just don't need to deleting texts. Psycho move. Other social media thoughts that I've had recently. I have another friend, and when I say friend, I'm using the term very, very loosely. We used to be really good friends, and then we kind of separated ways after college, as one does, which I would love to share that story, but maybe not the most appropriate story, and I'm not trying to totally burn bridges, although it is juicy. But this friend is one of those friends that announces often that she's taking breaks from social media. And I also did a poll on Instagram to know how everybody else feels. I personally have never, quote unquote, had a social media break, but 57% of you say you have. And then I wanted to know if you've done, if you've had a break and done that, how long was it? Did you announce it to the world like my friend who's not really my friend? And I had a couple of responses Um, my one friend, Tabitha, I'm going to call you out. She said she didn't announce it, which good. I don't think you should. And she usually does for a day. And sometimes she completely shuts her phone off on Sundays, which honestly, I love this move. This sounds so relaxing. Like you can just self-care Sunday completely and just do whatever you want and not have to worry about it. Personally, I'm the opposite. I feel like my social media amps up on Sundays because that's when I like to sleep in and then just chill drinking coffee until early afternoon because I'm lazy and all I'm doing is catching up on everything over the weekend from Instagram and Twitter, all that good stuff. But I had another response. They had a social media break for three months, another for six, which I'm very proud of all of you people who actually go through with social media breaks. But my point is nobody announced it. I, unlike my friend who has announced it and this girl has 
announced it probably i think every time she does i screenshot it and i send it to my other friends because i'm just like oh what the fuck is this bitch doing again like no one cares we don't care that you're having a social media break at all but the last time she did she took a break and then legitimately one day later came back on to post something and i'm not talking like hi guys i'm leaving and i just need to take some mental health time talk to you in a while and then the next time she came back and was like, okay, I'm back. It was paragraphs both times, like paragraphs the first day, paragraphs literally a day later, simply announcing that she was taking this social media break. And I'm just like, this is also a psycho move. How entitled do you have to be to think that anyone cares that you're doing a social media break? I am entitled enough to think that all of you want to listen to my voice on a podcast every week. But I don't think that any of you would give a shit if I was just all of a sudden not posting on Facebook or whatever, because as we know, yes, I still do post on Facebook, but I'm also not, I'm so bad at posting on everything else too. I don't think anyone would notice if I took a social media break. I just don't think I'm that important in the world. (laughs) And the fact that you need to announce it. Granted, I know another friend who he very recently, especially after everything with the election, announced that he was leaving Facebook because he just needed you know, to find a better space. And there's so much negativity and I can understand that too, but I don't think we need to be announcing these kinds of things. Like if someone wants to get a hold of you, they will get a hold of you. It just blows my mind and actual influencers who need to take breaks. I know Candace Cameron beret as she is now, I think every December she does a little social media break. And I think that's fine because she's a legit person influencer movie star hallmark movie star basically the same thing and so she always announces like hey i'm gonna be not posting anything for like two weeks it's the holidays i want to hang out with my family you will live without seeing my content for however long she probably has enough money that she doesn't need to do the instagram ads all the freaking time but for those of us who are normal people we just don't need to be posting if when whatever about social media breaks. If you need a social media break, just do it. Guess what? No one will notice. Welcome to Harsh Truths with Laura. You're not that important. I feel like I say that almost every week. Again, someone feel free to tell me that I'm not that important. I guess I feel like I'm self-aware enough to understand that I'm not. But like I said, if I ever do a social media break, I will not tell you all. You'll just not see me and not notice for a while and we'll all be fine and live. Keeping with our ish Instagram reality star celebrity gossip train. Our girl, Amanda Bynes, who, you know, 2000s movie star sweetheart. She's the man star. What was that other one? The London one where she was searching for her dad or whatever. Amanda Bynes. She's had a roller coaster of a life, you know gone a little crazy. I think her and thought like the face tattoos, all of this stuff. Well, now Amanda Bynes has decided that she is a rapper and she has dropped a track teaser for her new song and it is called Diamonds. And she posted it on her Instagram and it's only the second thing that she has ever posted And she has 505 
hundred followers on this Instagram. Only posted two things. The teaser for Diamonds. It's 12 seconds long. There's a rapper on there with her named Precise. And <laughs> it's very unclear, you know, how serious she's getting into it. In the track, she only raps one or two lines really quick. And it's diamonds, diamonds on my neck, on my wrist. And it's kind of repeated over and over again. And unfortunately, I don't have more information about when this is going to come out. But I am just honestly very excited that Amanda Bynes is gracing us with this, what I can only imagine the full thing to be, majestic rap song. Remember when Lindsay Lohan tried to be a pop star and it was amazing and fantastic and I definitely had her CD, probably still have it at my parents' house. What was that called? Rumors? Just tying it full circle. Rumors, Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes, maybe they can collab sometime. I would love that. Let's bring that back. I'm going to manifest the shit out of that even though I don't really believe in manifestation. But Lindsay Lohan, you sing, Amanda will rap. It will be great. All of this to say, full review whenever Amanda decides that she's going to release this track. I'll have to do some investigating, but I will keep you posted. Finally, this episode, you may recall um, a couple weeks ago in December, I had my best friend Adrian on and we did a whole Hallmark episode talking anything and everything about Hallmark Christmas movies. Well... You will probably not be shocked to know that Adrian is also my lifetime movie watching buddy. When I recommended, oh shoot, what was that? Psycho Soccer Mom, Crazy Soccer Mom, whatever Soccer Mom one I recommended a while back. Adrian and I watched that together. And we recently had a lifetime movie day where all we did was watch lifetime movies because they're so ridiculous. I cannot get enough of them. And we decided we're going to try to make this a maybe not monthly, but every other month kind of thing. And they separate move and like separate movies into categories. So for example, the other day, our theme unintentionally was psycho. So movies with psycho in the title. And I think we're going to do like a cheerleader one. We'll do a mom one. There's a bunch of like true life ones, which I related, but not related. I just recently heard about two, true life, true crime things that I'm wondering if there are lifetime movies out. I need to look up a little bit. But the first one is one that I had actually heard of the real life case about the prom mom, about this girl who was like 17 years old and from a really Christian family. And she and her boyfriend had been together for however long and she got pregnant, didn't tell anyone. Her boyfriend didn't know. Her parents didn't know. Her friends at school didn't know. So she's going to prom with the boyfriend who doesn't know he's about to become a dad. And the whole time, like they were still having sex. Her friends, like they went prom dress shopping together. No one knew that this girl was pregnant. She is going into labor on the way to the prom. And I guess the school is like 45 minutes from where her home town is. So she's in the limo with her friends, fully dilated, going through labor, gets there to the prom, goes to the bathroom right away, and then has a baby there in the bathroom stall. And my thought is, the girls heard her, like, pushing and making weird noises, and they interviewed some kids, and somebody said, oh yeah, it just sounded like someone was having sex down there. And they noticed, like, blood all over the floor that people noticed her shoes, and 
several people seemed to notice that it, who that girl was. It was her who was down there. But she just had a baby in the bathroom stall. Didn't tell anyone. No one knew about it. And then she has this had this disassociative disorder is kind of how when they went to trial that she refused to acknowledge that it was even happening to her. And she killed her baby. She strangled him right there in the bathroom stall and then put him in a garbage bag and hit him in the trash. And, of course, after this happened right away, she went back and started dancing. Everyone said she seemed a little, like, off. They thought maybe someone had spiked the punch. But, nope, she just had gone through labor and pushed out a child and then killed her baby. But then was just dancing back on the dance floor, hanging out with her boyfriend, who had no idea he was a dad in that moment for a brief few minutes, however long this birth happened. But I was watching this show that was, like, behind the scenes true life story kind of thing and they do all these reenactments and it's not funny but they reenacted how when she gave birth she used the like tampon um like little metal box in the girl's bathroom to cut the umbilical cord with and normally i'm not weirded out by reenactments or anything graphic like that but great happened to be in the room with me when this is on we were both screaming at the tv i don't know two weeks in a row that were just grossed out by something on TV and physically screaming at it. But this girl just cut out the umbilical cord with, like, one of those metal box lids. I am horrified. Insane. In real life, I think she ended up getting 15 years in jail and then only ended up being in jail for three years and then was out on probation. I don't know. I'm sure there's a Lifetime movie of it somewhere. I need to go find it. Next on my list for sure also a new true crime case that I feel like I had not heard too much about is this kid from Texas and his whole defense was the affluenza like a combination of affluent and like and you like I, you know like combining with wow this is going very well in combining these two words basically saying that because he was so privileged he could not understand consequences because he had never had any consequences in his entire life so this kid, his parents let him start driving himself to school when he was like 13 years old, didn't have a driver's license, didn't anything. His parents were loaded. They just kept buying their way out of situations. I guess his dad had cut a couple O-dubs and DUIs and stuff, but they just paid off everyone to get out of it. So they also had this second house and the kid wasn't even living with his parents. Supposedly he was supposed to help get the house ready to sell, but really it was just his crash pad where he was having parties and... All this came out about because he got really drunk when he was like 15 years old and ended up killing four people because he was drunk driving. And then instead of doing jail time, he just got probation. Everyone was like, they tried to send him to rehab, but then the rehab was more like a spa. Then his parents couldn't afford it anymore because it was half a million dollars a year or something for him to go to this spa rehab. So then he... Goes to a different rehab, but it doesn't last the whole time because, again, his parents can't afford it now. Because apparently they've been paying off all his other trial bills because he killed four people. And then his mom decides that they are going to run away to Mexico because he has broken probation. There was a video that went around Twitter of him at a party with beer pong. And there was all of this outrage around the world, actually. And everyone was like... I don't know how that you could let this happen. This kid killed four people. 
how are we letting this get away with him? And then he's just out drinking, still underage, at a party, breaking probation. So his mom takes him, and they run away to Mexico. And finally, they catch him down there because the dumb fuck ordered a pizza, and they were tracking his phone. So the Mexican police picked him up, picked his mom up. He got so many years in jail for just breaking probation. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, he didn't get any time for killing these people. But guess it's better than nothing. And all this to say again, there's got to be a Lifetime movie of this out there. Surely someone has adapted this in a way that I can see it. Because I just really need some of these insane true life stories. True crimes that I did not know were a thing. And I don't know how I missed the affluenza one. Because that happened semi-recently, like 2016. Where was I? What was I doing? Need a Lifetime movie of it. So we were watching Psycho themed yesterday. We watched this one. I believe it's called Psycho Wedding Stalker. And I was in right away because it has weddings in it, which I love. Heather Morris is a star. And if you watched Glee, she was Brittany, the cheerleader on there. So I was very excited about that. Basically, this Brittany, Brittany, Heather works for her aunt doing wedding dresses and then falls in love with the groom at the wedding that she's doing. So then she decides she's going to have this elaborate plot to break up him and his wife so that she can be with him by making it look like that he is cheating on her with the bride's best friend. People die. She goes crazy. She is crazy. And the whole time we're like, what is the point? Where is this going? We don't understand. But it was delightful. Would recommend. We continued that with the other kind of wedding psycho-themed psycho stripper, which is, yes, exactly what you think it is. This bride has her bachelorette party, and this hot stripper is there, but then he kind of starts stalking her and coming after her, and the whole time you don't understand why. He ends up doing just creepy stuff. Of course, he kills somebody close to the wedding. He hooks up with one of the bridesmaids, but then everyone thinks it's weird because he shows up to the rehearsal dinner. I'm not going to give away the big twist about why he was there in the first place. But it had surprisingly good wardrobe. Actually a good soundtrack. And it was still one of those that were like, where, where is this going? What are we doing here? But also would recommend Psycho Stripper. We took a little turn away from the Psycho and watched one called Mommy Group Murder. Because why wouldn't it be called that? Which, as you may have guessed, is about this lady just has a baby and then she moves and then she doesn't have any friends. So she joins this mommy group. And then one of the members of the group is not as innocent as she seems. And she has this whole past life. Surprise, surprise, she has killed someone. What's a lifetime movie without someone dying for no reason? So I think we're going to do another day, though, where it's just mom-themed craziness. But that was good. And then finally, we watched one based off of a true story called Appointment for a Killing. And I need to look up the real case of this. This was a true story that this dentist went on a killing spree for like 20 years. And he kept setting up. He was had been married three times, I think. And he kept setting up his exes with guys. And then he would kill the new husbands so that the ex-wives and him could split, like, inheritance. And there was one of the guys that he, the dentist partners with, the whole time I'm like, this looks like white trash Patrick Swayze. 
I cannot get out of my head. That's who he looks like. I don't understand. So finally we look it up. Also, this movie tried to tell us on the app that it came out in 2003. And we're like, there's no way this came out in 2003. It looks so dated. They don't have cell phones. Clearly, it looks old. Like, maybe it was the 80s, the 90s. Come to find out, it was really released in 1993. So I'm not really sure what Lifetime is trying to push on us. But I'm like, white trash trash Patrick Swayze. Who is this guy? And finally, we look it up. And lo and behold... It's actually Patrick Swayze's brother, Don Swayze. Don't think I knew he had a brother. Sorry, Don Swayze, that you're the less (laughs) clean-cut version of your brother Patrick. But the other cameo that I loved in this movie, and I could not wait for it to come around, my man Kelsey Grammer, Frazier, he has a leading role as one of the FBI agents that's helping the wife, the the newest ex-wife, frame her dentist killer husband he has a delightful mustache he helps her set up everything with like bugging her house and her apartment and all this stuff but kelsey Grammer is in it it was a little more serious than a traditional lifetime movie and i think probably just because it was a 90s one but would also recommend that as well yeah that's all we did that day what is that three four lifetime movies we watched in one day it helps when you watch them on the app because they're only an hour and a half instead of the two hours with commercials. But I can't wait to have another Lifetime movie afternoon. They're so good. They're so bad. I can't look away. I'm especially excited for any of the true crime ones, the real life ones. There's like a Manson Girls one. I said I don't really care at all about Wendy Williams, but I want to watch the Wendy Williams story. So many things. My unsolicited recommendation this week to you is watch any of the Lifetime movies that I just recommended. There is the Lifetime Movie Club, which is how we watch things. I don't think it's very expensive. A lot of times, like the Soccer Mom one, we just watched on YouTube for free. So you can definitely find a bootleg copy of any of those. But honestly, any Lifetime movie will do. Anything where the plot doesn't really make sense. The acting is bad, which reminds me in one of them. Must have been the first wedding one with Heather Morris. The bride literally picked up her cell phone and for a whole phone call was holding the phone upside down. Like, didn't try to hide it. We even were wound it. We're like, is that actually upside down? Like, legit, like the camera's on the bottom, the volume's on the bottom. She's holding this phone upside down, this cell phone, for the entire conversation. And then later in the episode, the episode, the show, movie, they use a digital camera. And I'm like, this came out in 2017. No one is doing any of this stuff. Do we think they just put that in there so they could trick us? Like, will anyone notice if we put this Easter egg of the phone being upside down? I don't know. I laughed a lot. Lifetime can do no wrong with just how ridiculous. Someday, I would love to have my life story be told in a Lifetime movie. Unfortunately, it wouldn't be hugely entertaining, as ridiculous as my story is not, compared to all the ones with, like, the murders that don't make sense and any of the craziness, but... Get yourself some lifetime in your life. It's a great distraction because nothing makes sense and it's so ridiculous. You'll have a good time. I promise. And with that, that is going to do it for another episode of Whatever Laura Wants. Thank you all for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. If you follow me on Instagram and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Be a buddy. Thank you all for participating in my Instagram polls. 
I appreciate it. I need to probably try to do more there, get you all to interact with each other. But we'll see how it goes because we know that I am sometimes a slacker on this stuff. But have a great week and I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you.